to the mid-season finale of the Lakers locker room. I'm your co-host Tejan Graham and we are marking the end of the first half of season three and a return of Nipissing Athletics. It has been an amazing return of sports here at Nipissing and you're going to hear everything on this podcast week to week as we begin to give the listeners live weekly updates around your Nipissing Lakers. So without further ado, let's get into it. Starting off the volleyball, both teams hosted the incoming York Lions this weekend at the RGS Center, with the ladies defeating the Lions on Friday night in straight sets. The ladies would fall in the next match to end this weekend in a split with an overall record of 3-1. On the men's side, they dominated all weekend to take both matches in straight sets and improve to 4-0 on the season. Both teams are back in action next week against the Ryerson Rams. On the basketball side, the men's and women's team traveled to Toronto this weekend to play at the York Lions. The women's team fought hard all weekend, but unfortunately fell in both contests to end their first half of the season. The ladies will return to action in the new year at home against the Queen's Gales. On the men's side, after a three-point loss on Friday night, the men came out on top with a hard-fought 66-60 win to finish the weekend with a split and approved to 2-4 on the season. They will also be back in action in the new year at home against the Queen's Gales. And finally, the men's hockey team earned a pair of wins this weekend against RMC with a 3-2 OT win on Friday night, followed up with a 6-4 win for their second straight victory. They will be back in action next week against the Ontario Tech Ridgebacks in Oshawa. Game time is set for 3pm. And that is it for the weekend updates. And now to our episode with men's basketball alums, Christian Kasmir and Jerron Rhodes. Enjoy. So today we got another couple great guests for you guys here today. Man, I've had the opportunity to really get close to these guys for the last couple of years. Did a lot of great things for the Scarborough community back home. You know, former missing alumni. Please welcome to the Lakers locker room, Jerron Rhodes and Christian Kasmir. How are you fellas doing today? That's we're good, we're good, bro. Thanks for having us. No doubt, no doubt. So let's get right into it. So we're over halfway through 2021. It's been a hectic year with all the things that happened with, you know, pandemic, quarantine, stuff that happened in society. So, Drew, I'm going to start with you. Looking back at this whole period of time, what's the biggest thing you think you've learned about yourself? Uh, biggest thing I've learned about myself is honestly just my surroundings, uh, my support system. Um, they support me through thick and thin. This whole time, lockdowns, it's easy to, to feel disconnected from people. But in a way, like, I kind of feel like our relationships around me have even gotten stronger. So it's kind of just a testament to the brotherhood um, that I have with certain individuals that we're still this close, even though we might be separated from distance. So. What about you, Christian? Uh, yeah, along the same lines, uh, for me personally, uh, the, the cliche of doing what works for you has been, that's been a guide for me through all this COVID stuff, just learning how, what spaces work for me, what work environments, what social interactions, like that type of stuff, like has definitely helped me. I'm a person that operates and tries to bring good energy. So I feel like I need to be around good energy. So I've kind of used that as my guide and it's definitely helped me stay locked in and stay positive in all this madness. No, and I've said it many times in other episodes that if you didn't take this opportunity throughout the pandemic to really improve yourself any type of way or learn a new skill, then you basically waste your time. Because up to this point, we're over, honestly, almost two years since this pandemic, which is crazy to think about, but it's been that long. So if you haven't taken this opportunity to really better yourself in any type of way, what have you been doing? Like, just to be straight up, what have you been doing? What you been up to? Because we've been home 
all the things happened. So many things got exposed over the last year. So like there were many opportunities for people to really better themselves. And if people didn't take the time to better themselves, I'm sorry. But for those who did like yourselves, myself, Jason, you know, kudos to you guys and just continue to elevate and continue to get better as people. But like I said in the intro, you guys have been really busy. You know, as people can see on the YouTube version, you know, Rock and Raw, Rock and LTG shirts. I mean, Jason, you still got to get a shirt, but hey, man. Left out, man. It's on the way. It's on the way. <laughs> but nah, but just talk to us about LTG, you know, how you guys came up with it, you know, what you guys been doing with it and just what your goals are with it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, shoot, it's almost been a year now. Started about a year ago, I guess. Um, started off as, you know, nice, a nice little logo. We, get, we just try to get the branding out there. And we're just really trying to focus with Christian on how we can grow it to be just to be like something bigger than us, something that represents our local community. And uh came with the idea. I love the game mentality. Mentality parts and not to the late great Kobe Bryant, uh favorite player of all time. Just the way he gave back to the community, to the younger generation. He worked with the NBA stars, or more importantly, the WNBA stars, his daughter, and just just being a positive influence. That's um I know Christian can 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 speak a bit more about it, but yeah. For sure. Um, I, I guess the biggest thing for us and, and we always talk about is it's one thing to be a part of a, the community, but it's another thing to build your own community. So <clears throat> just trying to have that staying positive, trying to be inclusive and have those open arms for anyone, even as much as basketball is our, our, um, our outlet. We say it all the time influences the goal and basketball is one of the many languages so it's it's just another thing that's helped us connect with different communities different individuals families all these type of things so yeah we're grateful for all the progress we've done honestly like we said about a year it's been such a short amount of time so what we've been able to do is nuts recently you guys just completed your last like saturday camp and you guys talked about before we got on the air that you guys had a lot of people turn out. So just talk a bit about how exciting it was to see all those people turn out in the future of LTG after seeing that great turnout. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was big for us. It was, it was big. I think the biggest thing for me personally was just that to, to see them, uh, Christian and I can, months ago, we, we started to work. We put the vision. We had the vision. We put it on paper. We just had an idea of what we wanted the summer to look like. And for us to get to the end of the summer, um, August 28th there and kind of like just be able to step back and see yeah we actually did it like we actually put in work we put our money where our mouth is we put our actions where our thoughts were and that's what we achieved so yeah it's definitely been a blessing just to to just know that people even trust like people having bringing their kids out parents even participating themselves that were one guy that's who is very special for us he he would bring himself and nine of his family members from ages. We had everybody participating from age four up until mid forties. Like it was just huge to, to see that and just see the love that we put out, come back to us. Now that's dope. When you guys, when you guys really started this brand, like last year, what did you guys hope people get out of this brand? Because usually when people start a brand, you know, it's for a certain reason, like they want to put out a certain message. They want to inspire people in certain types of ways. So John, I'll ask you this question. What's the message that you want people to get out of the brand when they hear Love the Game or LTG or see the logo on the shirt? What do you want people to see when they hear about your brand? Yeah, no, no. It's, uh, interesting you say that. Uh, a few messages come to mind. One thing, we're just a, a welcoming community. We um, we understand each other. And we're we're not perfect, but we're striving. We, uh, 
that's pretty much it. But like to, to, to start what you said, like what we wanted his brand to look like and to be like at the first thing, a lot of people would ask me when we started, they're like, well, like, what, what is it? What is the brand? And I'd always tell them, to be honest, it is going to, it's going to take shape to what the community wants it to be. Like, I'm not here to dictate, okay, this is what it is. This is what it has to be. A lot of times things just achieve a certain flow, which it did to where like, you kind of like feel it out. Like, okay, people are gravitating towards this. Maybe this is where we should put our focus kind of thing. But Jason and I have had this conversation in other pockets and we've had it amongst ourselves that this last year we really realized the platform as athletes that we really have in terms of when we really come together and do some stuff, we can really, you know, have some really positive and impactful things that we can do. So using your guys' platform, obviously with LTG and Christian, I want to ask you as someone who's really been involved, you know, with the Boys and Girls Club and really mentorship, talk a bit about how important it has been for you over this time to really use your platform as a former athlete to now in this space, really trying to inspire the next generation with the game of basketball. Oh, definitely. Um, just seeing the interactions of whether it's our young athletes, some of the high school, we like we do some training for high school age, a bit younger too, we've been doing. It's just kind of seeing the, I get, you can, you can almost see the steps of where they're at comparative to your journey. Like I could see myself in these shoes at one point and it's being able to use experience and compassion as the guide, which is a lot of the time it's, like we even say it all, all the time to our guys, we're not looking to lock you into a rep team or anything like that. We just want to give you somewhere to belong to. Like we said, every kid in our program, any anyone that comes up to everything, we're not making you try out. You don't got to be elite. It's, it's just you're part of this community. We want to share a message with you. It resonate with you and hopefully you share with other people. No, I think that's dope because I really noticed that when, you see a lot of kids, especially like a Scarborough, you see a lot of kids that, you know, want to be good and they want to do great things, but they don't have the guidance. But when you have people like yourselves and Jerron and other people who really taking that leadership and really trying to impact these kids' lives, you really see the benefits, especially when it's at the end of the day, you know, kids are graduating, moving on and doing things in their life. You really see the, the positive impact. Like I said, a lot of kids, you know, at the beginning of their journey may have all these goals, might have all these aspirations or things that they want to do with their life, but they don't have those consistent leadership or those you know those people those role models and lights on hey you gotta do this you gotta do that you gotta do the right things and unfortunately a lot of kids say maybe the 12 13 14 age really begin to lose their way so it's really important to have programs like your guys's boys and girls club and just all these people just creating these opportunities for these young kids to really flourish and especially with the game of basketball soccer football just sports period like this is a beautiful game. It's a beautiful opportunity for people to really get involved. And it's a beautiful thing to a point where it brings everyone together. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, African, Asian, it doesn't matter. Anyone can come together and anyone can be impacted by it in any type of way. Which kind of leads me to my next question. Jason, I also want you to chime in on this. Growing up, you know, by my father being my coach, the one thing he always used to do is this thing where he'll hold the basketball up in front of the kids. This one was like 9 to 11. He'll say, what do you see in the basketball? So, and a lot of times kids will say stuff, you know, I see like the Wilson or I see the stripes. Then my dad will say, you know what? I see family. I see opportunity. I see all these different types of things. So just because you guys have played so long, I'll ask you first, John, what's been the biggest lesson that basketball has taught you that you've used in your everyday life up until now? Ooh, I can be here all day. Um, <laughs> the biggest lesson that basketball has taught me, um, you can't take shortcuts. You honestly can't take shortcuts. Whatever you put in, more than likely, pending a bit of luck, that's that's why you're gonna get out. Like no matter what, there, there's no such 
thing is um just getting a free gift. There's no handouts on the court, especially growing up playing in Scarborough, whether it's Marvin or Galloway, always playing with the older kids. There's no handouts. Whatever you want, you better go take it. And whatever work you're putting in, it's going to show or else, frankly, you're going to get exposed for, for, uh, yeah, for, for a bad reason. So honestly, yeah, no handouts. You get what you put in pretty much. What about you, Christian? Um, um, I guess the most instrumental thing it's shown me is like we always hear the saying like ball is life. The reality is ball is part of life, right? Like if no matter how high level you want to play, circumstances, situation happens that changes that. Are you going to be the same person that you were when you had a basketball than when you aren't? Like basketball showed me about community, family, belonging, discipline, so many transferable skills that I'm able to use in my everyday life now at the forefront, not even just something in the background. Like, oh, I did ball handling for so long. No, it's, I was on a team, I was a leader. Okay, now I can go into workplace and be a leader. So it's those transferable skills that's been huge for me. Yeah, what about you, Jason? Because you've been kind of quiet. I want to bring you back in, man. What's the biggest thing basketball's taught you, my guy? <laughs> I just want to say, I'd say, I mean, other than what um, Christian said, I'd say the biggest thing I've learned would probably be accountability, like self-accountability. Yeah. No, like... You know how people say, like, you're just cheating yourself at the end of the day? It's so true because if you're not working harder than, like, anybody else, there's somebody working harder than you. And that, like, again, transfers to everywhere in life. Like, at school, for instance, if you're not studying, like, as, as much as you can, there's someone out there studying more than you who's going to get better grades than you, who's going to get, you know, better education at, at the end of the day, a better job, better career, better life, right? So accountability for sure like self-accountability i was thinking about this too and it's funny i probably was it's like john said like i can be here all day but over the years when people ask me like my answer always changed but i think now that i'm older now and i've kind of have a better sense of who i am i think the probably answer probably it teaches you resilience because there's so many times that you're going to go through trials and tribulations in your sport that it kind of tests your character like when i was 13 14 like i told my meniscus i had to sit out for a year and I came back. So like going through the whole process kind of made me resilient. There's going to be times where you might be a starter, say one season or one game and the next game you're on the bench. Like there's so many different times where it's really going to test your character. And even, even like when you look at, say more of a motivational speech, for example, like Eric Thomas, like the one that always sits deep. And I don't know if you guys heard this one, you probably have where he's like, and I'll probably try to do his voice. He's like, when you want to breathe as bad as you want to succeed, then you'll be successful. And I heard that. I was like, damn, <laughs> I was like, I had to think about it. I was like, now nah, you're right. And, he, and then another video that he has too, where he's like, you know why it's so easy for someone to take a spot? Because you're average. It's easy. I was like, damn. I was like, this guy's speaking facts. So like basically to sum it up, like the resilience that sports teach you, it's not just basketball, it's like hockey, football, soccer, any sport that you play, like sports should teach you to be resilient because it's not always going to be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not always going to come to practice and think everything's going to be great. You're not always going to get the most touches. You're not going to always score the most points. Like, there's going to be days where it's like crap. Or there might be seasons where, like, you know, it's a great season you have, and the next season's trash. Or, like, you go through injuries. Like, there's going to be so many different times where people go through things, and it just, like I said, it just teaches you to be resilient. Because at the end of the day, the only question, the only question that you can ask, answer yourself is, like, do you love it? Or is it worth it? No one else can answer that question for you. Like, if I ask Christian, like, do you love the game of basketball? I can't answer that for him. Only he can answer that question. Or if I ask, say, Christian, I'm enough, do you love soccer? I can't answer that for him. He can only answer himself. So I think resilience is the biggest thing that basketball has taught me. But switching gears a bit, 
like I said in the intro, you guys are former Nipissing alumni. You guys were fortunate enough to help build the program to ground up to where it is now. But unfortunately, obviously, at the beginning, like anything that's new, doesn't always start off great. So how hard was it at the beginning, Drew, on, you know, if you're coming from high school that did really well in high school, had all these opportunities to come into a new program, new coach, new situation, new city, and didn't start off the way you hoped it would? Uh, it was it was very challenging. Um, from from kind of from day one, you know, you don't really know what to expect. Everyone around you is we're all new to this. We're all pretty much freshmen. Um, especially like like growing up and just being a part of winning programs my whole life. You you kind of come in. You won in high school, did your thing. You kind of just expecting okay, like you know, we're gonna get some W's. Like this is just the next level, the next phase of continuing that winning kind of culture that you carry. But you get punched in the face. You're like, yo, like what? Like, what is this? Like, what am I doing wrong? Have I been doing this wrong all my life? Kind of thing. Like, where where do we go from here? And you kind of just find yourself looking for the answer to these questions. And it's kind of like kind of drives you crazy in a way. Definitely. So yeah, very, very tough at first. And Christian, as someone who was one of the older guys when that transition was happening, how hard was it for you? To- you know, to really lead these young guys. Like I said, you're the one of the older guys. You had a lot of teenagers, like a lot of guys were really inexperienced. So for you, who had experience playing at Canada College before you came to Lipsing, how hard was it? Uh, how much did it test your leadership abilities to really lead these guys through sure. that? Well, it's it's funny. So two years prior, Canada didn't, we were the first rebuild of a team in 20 years. So it's basically like I've been in two, in Nipissing, both post-secondary schools. I was there for the, the birth of both. So I know what that struggle was winning one game in my first season at Canada and having to go through the grind of being a guy who's not playing to being one of the better guys. And I just know that like the second year we were there, we turned up. So when I came to Nipissing, I went in with the mind thinking, okay, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm not expecting everything. Funny story is coach said to us at the beginning training camp. All right. How far do you think we guys are going to go? Guys are looking at each other. We're going to go on playoffs. We're going here. We're going here. Guys are saying these things. I'm looking at Joey, who was just at Canada with me, like, man, they have no idea what we're walking into. So for me, it was just the biggest part was for me is just being a present voice. And I know for a lot of these guys, they probably thought it was mad preachy and being just repetitive with your guys you got to stay positive you got to stay positive it was annoying but i know for the most part especially a lot of the guys that i'm still friends with they knew it was for a purpose i know that we're gonna get hit hard are you ready for it i'm preparing you we might get hit, get hit hard are you guys ready for it so i was very repetitive but my intention was i know when the time comes it'll happen but one day at a time one day at a time how long would you say it took for you to really jam it in their heads that like I said, it's it's consistent message that you have to put. In. I know like it says sometimes it's repetitive, but it's necessary. So how long would you say it took for guys to really get it and then like you really saw the results of people listening to your messages? Like would say was it a year, a few months? Like how long do you say that time frame was? Um I would say to be honest, there's two major defining moments. So first priest when we played against Saskatchewan the first time, everybody was thinking, Oh, we're ready to play, ready to put 50. We lost by 50. And then I remember a home opener, we were amp- again for Carlton, and that was a very prime. Carlton's still great, but that was a very prime Carlton team, and that was a humbling realization. So that would have been the first one. And for guys to really get it is 
not everyone, our coach always said to us, he said to us from the beginning of the year, look around you, the guy on the left and the guy on the right won't be here by the time. So I feel like as we started to see our real true team, like the guys who kind of stuck it out and the guys who were able to stay around, I feel like that's when it was started to make sense when we saw the like drop off of players and people knew like, okay, I'm here for good. <laughs> Jason, I gotta, I gotta know this. How much did y'all lose to Carlton by? What was it? What was, what was How bad was it? When my first year or? No, no, no Christian, how bad, how bad, I'll say, how, Christian, how bad was the loss? Um, 40, John, 40? We probably, 40 to 50, somewhere in there. Yeah, Against 40 the to 50. Brothers. It was, yeah. A, it was a, yeah, it was a yeah. smack. They were, there was a, that was a, a prominent national championship team. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Jason, they did better than we did. First I played Carlton was a 78 piece. Like, <laughs> <yo>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it happened, I guess. Next time. 116, 116.38 was the score. <laughs> the Lake, Lakers podcast. Lakers podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were I'm, I'm really laying in bed with my, with my torn ACL watching some of this stuff. Like, oh. <laughs> It's just yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, hey man, it, it happens. <laughs> Let's be honest. 40, we know on paper yours look worse, but like once you're down by 30, it's a gut punch. <laughs> yours yeah. is a numbing punch. Like you probably can't feel the punches by the time you get to 70 something. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's 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 and like new rebuild, new players, a lot of new guys versus established. I don't in the last 20 years, how many championships, right? So they they've been there before when a lot of us it's new so it's gonna happen you're gonna take your lumps right no nah, but, nah, but 78 no 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 but hey man I, the second time that we did do way better though that was like 35 so we did like way better the second time so we didn't do an improvement i mean i remember at halftime that game we were down six so like we did way better the second time yeah that was like that year too. was also whack like our preseason games we got slapped like mm-hmm. i mean slapped and then we replayed those teams and whooped like we just we absolutely we like, that's, how the, that's how the league works man preparation yeah. and yeah especially when you have young guys too and i will say like from coaches probably do this like we'll have coaches make the adjustments and it's Literally, a coach could say the same thing the first time and the second time, but now that you're seasoned and have games under your belt, it's like, oh, this is what he meant. Do you know definitely. what I mean? <laughs> so, like, that'll yeah. definitely be it. It's just like, oh, you want me to force him left? This is the reason why. So, it's like, <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely what, what attributes to it. Like, yeah. first, you're, like first when you're, when you're the weeks at help, make sure you meet him before um, – before the keys, so, oh, this is why when you get dunked on, like, oh, that's why you reach it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's it. <laughs> like, oh, stop, man. Nah, whatever. <laughs> nah, whatever. Listen, everyone goes through, whoever's in this podcast, everyone goes through rookie struggles. I don't care how good you are. Even if you're rookie of the year, you're going to go through rookie struggles. Just stick with it. It's going to get better. And like I said, everyone goes through it. So don't think you're alone. We've all went through it. Even the superstars go through it. But Hey, man. That's one of my favorite parts about basketball is that you, you'll fail so many times, you learn from it, but at the same time, you hate failing. So you, you never want it to happen again. So it's kind of like constant motivation. So you, you need to fail to get better, to be honest. Exactly. But fast forward to 2017, all those failures eventually did lead to you guys making the first and currently the only playoff appearance. We're hoping to change that this year. So 2017, you guys did make the playoffs and you guys did win a first round matchup against Queens. So, John, I'll ask you first, how, how satisfied was it, like, starting from basically the bottom to in your third year, making the playoffs and getting a playoff win? 
Honestly, it was probably the highlight of my career. It was a great time. Um, man, yeah, now just just to look around and see your teammates so happy and just to see Coach Chang, like, like extremely happy because we all know, like, he put in, like, overtime, overtime for us to even be in that position, to be honest. So, so for us to get our first playoff game and then our playoff game, first playoff game in history is at home as well. And we squeeze out a win in a close game against a, a tough Queens team. Like, man, that's a great, that's a great feeling. And I think what made it even better was uh, we're playing for our seniors, JC and Christian, but also just knowing that, you know, if we win this game, the next game we're going back home to play in Toronto versus Rice. And like, we're a road trip, playoff road trip with the, with the homies. Like, there's no better feeling than that at all. Yeah, Christian, yeah, Jerron touched on this now, but that was your last season. To think that you guys ended up making the playoffs for the first time, like, how great was it for you as a senior? Uh, it was, uh, like, it was, I, I, I can't even, I don't even, I couldn't even explain, like, the moment. Like, just when we found out we're going to be in the playoffs, that feeling alone, it just makes you feel like the ups, the downs, the selfish moments, the selfless moments, like, the three years that I was there, it all... Well, I guess it would be third year of the program. But, yeah, that being my last year post-secondary, it just felt so rewarding. Like Jaron said, that feeling when you look around you and, all right, we this guy is not always the most loud. You see this guy screaming on the bench. This person, okay, they might be salty in this moment. Usually, okay, they're clapping. Like, just to see that, like, collective, where we that, – that, that moment where we – that's, like, one of those true moments where we met coach in the middle. Because, like Jaron said, overtime. He is – doesn't sleep preparation 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 and for us it was like okay we're at that level now that momentum moving like to go back home that that was that was everything fast forward two years later then John you ended up having your senior night and obviously your career came to end so just talk a bit about senior night like how like you said you come in five years ago as a young 18 year old kid you're leaving in your early 20s about to embark on this new journey we call life how emotional and how crazy was it thinking that you know this was it for you in 2019 um honestly for for me i'm not the biggest like emotional guy so like it wasn't one of those things that got to me but but i think the biggest thing for me was just seeing that um so our first year first official home game versus carlton we get smacked there's a whole lot of energy in the building we lose we get smacked fast forward five years later to my last home game it's against uft now and we finish with a win it kind of just uh, encapsulates that that growth period, and especially for me to graduate with the guys that I did, uh, those being my brothers and the coaches being there and all of us just sticking it out kind of thing is that that's what meant the most to me, to be honest. You know, Jason loves to talk about, you know, identity crisis, you know, once you graduate. Jason, you want to ask that question? Because I know a lot of, we, we hear a lot of different answers when we ask about that identity crisis question, so you can ask that question. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard lots of people go through different, um, say, versions of an identity crisis. But, I mean, it even happens in the work world, I find. Like, talking to people that are at work and they just end up, like, they will put the title of, I'm a manager. And that's all they are. They don't think that they're a person or have a life or anything outside of it. So, in the sports world, I mean, I mean myself, I was kind of late. I have started playing basketball in like grade nine. A lot of guys started even younger when they were like three or four. So when you have one single sport attached to you for your whole life, and then it comes to an end for any reason, you end up realizing, Hey, what am I? So what, like for you guys, I mean, obviously you guys are still working 
basketball now, but what was it like leaving that kind of like student athlete life behind you? Um, I can go first. Um, well, to even start that, that identity problem can happen when you're even on the job. Like when, when you're playing, if you're in a slump, you, you honestly had moments where you start to like, like, wow, like, like this is crazy. I can't believe I'm here kind of thing. Right. But, um, fast forward to when you leave school is it it comes in and goes like it's a it's a bit tricky it's kind of tricky to navigate because it's, it's different for everybody so like my my experience may not be shared with someone else in terms of how it affected them but like it all affects us in a different way kind of thing uh for me i was fortunate enough that when i graduated christian's already graduated and he was like uh chasing his pro dream right so we're we're like, I came back home and we we're hooping like every day, twice a day, training, doing everything. So, so to, to be honest, and it never felt any different for me. That's all I did in the off season. I graduated and went straight into that pretty much. Um, stayed in shape, just stayed with the game of basketball. It kind of, it kind of just, just gave me relief. That's, that's kind of what I know, right? In terms of uh, people knowing me as a basketball player, it's, it's definitely something that even still happens to this day. I walk in, um, with with Kristen, with Marvin, like wherever we go, people constantly, you know, you guys play basketball to this day. Like it's actually insane. And so it's to be honest, one of those things where you learn to cope with it because just like, okay, like this is gonna stick with me for the rest of my life. It's it's kind of just the way I, I carry myself. People like I carry myself like a basketball player, pretty much. Kind of we kind of had that swagger, if you know what I mean. Like you just know, okay, that guy seems like he's kind of athletic. Like, put him on a court like he might do his thing you know what I mean that um for just I guess my like John hit the nail on the head when he says like even on the job I came from my university experience had a lot of hills and valleys right like there was a lot of ups like but there was also a lot of downs so I came from Canada being the best if not one of the better better players there um, playing really well, going through, having really no idea what's going on next, getting into university, going to Nipissing and thinking, not thinking anything's going to be a handout, but like, okay, you know, these guys are 18 year olds. Let's see how this pans out. Things didn't always go how I wanted to, right? Didn't always get the opportunity I wanted. So there's that moment of thinking, okay, I trust the bigger plan, but like, like I'm thinking to myself, do I suck? That's like, that's literally the question that happens. That's the reality of it. Like you think to yourself, like, Yo, I went from this school and I was doing this and I'm here, does it? But then for me, it's finishing out. I was always positive. You're never going to not, I'm never going to not work. Like, I know that I'm not a bad basketball player, even my coach. I'm not saying my coach thought I did, but situationally, maybe I just didn't fit in at the time, whatever. So for me, the identity after finishing, I was blessed enough to have Coach Chang take me to China for like a university select as he took myself and the other senior, uh, Jordan, we went um, to China and playing in that, I went over there essentially as a guy who was just going to be like a tune-up utility, do a little bit here and there, but getting to hit big shots, scoring, getting good rebounds. My eyes opened up to basketball. I never thought I was going to play basketball after college. I didn't think it was going to be a thing. So that identity crisis of, you know what? I'm actually not that. I can play at this level. So then as John finishes up, I'm working to towards it working towards it to be a guy who wasn't a big rotation guy in university to be one of the handful of magnificent grads to play professional basketball those things that was like rewarding because sticking in the process 
believing that I am who I want to be and I'm surrounding myself with people that can see me being the person I want to be has definitely helped me more than anything. The final question I have for you guys before we get to quick hitters is you guys, like I said, you guys have gone through everything that a student athlete can go through. You said high, good times, bad times, locker room, playoff experience, stuff like that. For incoming student athletes, and this is for any sport, this is very generic. So, Jaron, I'll start with you. Based off of your experience, what would be the number one tip you would give to be a successful student athlete or obtain as much success in the career as you possibly can? It was on the court, off the court, both. It's up to you. Man, um, that's a great question. Uh, to start, if someone's coming in first year, I'd say find what works for you in, in terms of your study space. Like carve out a study space, a nice little routine. Um, and, and know that it's going to take longer than a year for you to sort of perfect that and know what it looks like for you because like in basketball, you're going to do something, you're going to realize, okay, like this might not be the best, so take a step back and reassess. Adjust the scout and be like, okay, this is what I need to change kind of thing. And this is going to help me get to where I need to be. So, like, for me, that looked like um, first year, I was studying a lot in my room up, up at our residence there, our governor's house. Second year, I moved off campus, and I'm like, okay, my room's a bit different now. I don't quite have the same study space, but guess what? I'm going to go to the library. The library was my spot. Ask anyone. You can find me by the computer labs or upstairs in a silent room on my laptop just, just working. And for me, that was, that was just a... Uh, a place where I feel like I can lock in, I can step outside of my comfort zone and get rid of all the distractions, whether it's basketball, I'm at home, I'm a big video game guy when I'm at home, I'm watching TV, whatever it is, there's just noise there. Find your study space and make sure when you're there, you're actually doing what you're supposed to do. Um, I would say the same thing as, as much, find your space and also find people that are want common common goals it might not even be in basketball it might be a classmate you have might be your best friend throughout school because you're both chasing the same grade or you're both chasing the off-court things the same so it's find the space but also find the surrounding even if you study by yourself your downtime have the right circle around you and also a big thing i feel like be more than just a student athlete you, you, for example, Tejan, what you're doing, right? It's more than just being a student athlete, right? Creating communities and environments and, and, and being part of the school. I, I, my biggest thing that I say to myself, as much as I was involved and I was friendly and I was helping out and I was doing things in the school, I wish I did more extracurricular besides sports, clubs, mm -hmm. um, being part of a yoga club, any of these things, just enjoy the experience and experience doesn't just mean parties. Enjoy the experience of university because that feeling, that freshman feeling doesn't last forever, right? And even if you're not a freshman, that university feeling doesn't last forever. So get involved, become immersed in the culture of university. No, I like that. Jason, what about you, man? We've only, this, this is only our third, this is, only, well, this is your fourth year, this is my third year, but what about you? Like, what do you think would be a number one tip you to give? Um, no, nowhere to find help. Like when I got injured in my first year, I was lost and I ended up missing three months of school. My grades plummeted. I got put on academic probation and it sucked, but I found academic advising and through them, um, they got me to student accessibility services. And then they basically were sending me out to different people to help me with whatever my help was needed, whether it be note-taking, um, help with, you know, learning better organizational skills, uh, 
um, you know, like time management, you like anything, there's, there's someone that can help you with something. So that'd probably be my biggest point of advice to just know, know where to go to find help and don't be afraid to ask for help. Can I add to that actually quick? Sorry. Yeah. Um, that is huge. Like a big mm-hmm. part of, cause I also, I, I wasn't the best studier. I do have focusing problems. Like I needed help with so student accessibility was huge for me, but it took me a full year and a half of university to suck up my pride and say, I'm not understanding this the same as everybody else. Right. So that's another thing. If you don't learn the same as everybody else, that's okay. At the end of the day, when you get your grade back, there's no asterisks on it. When you get your diploma or your degree or anything, there's no, Oh, but he got extra help on this or she got extra. If you need help, use it because it does not last forever. Our coach Chang, coach Chang used to always say, exhaust your resources. That is one of the most valuable things. And once I heard that, that made me say, you know what, let me suck it up and actually do well at school now. No, that's facts too. And I was also thinking about this too. And I really saw the benefit of last year as student athletes find, find a group of friends that are not athletes. So people that don't have to commit themselves to sports because first for two reasons, one, sometimes you need a break. Like as student athletes, we're always caught up in sports 24 seven. So sometimes like you don't always want to talk about, Hey, what happened at practice today? Or, Hey, like you trying to go out. Like sometimes you just don't want to talk about that. You can find a group of friends who don't have athletes and just hang out with them to take them out of things. I really know my first year. Like I really stressed a lot about the practice that we had or the game that we had on the weekend. Sometimes you just need to take a break and just say, Hey, listen, like I need a mental break. Let me just go find something else to do. And I'll get back to it, say Monday, whatever the thing is. The second thing too, is it kind of helps too, because you have people that don't have to commit themselves to sports. So like, if you need to study with someone, they can make their, their schedules can be way more flexible than athlete schedule because their schedule is going to be the same as yours. So like, you're going to only have like a certain period of time where you guys can actually really study just because you're going to have so much time you have to focus on sports, um, practice, indies, weight, stuff like that. Whereas if it's a regular student, they don't have any of that. So you can have way more leeway to really say, Hey, listen, um, I practice this time, but we have like say four hours after this to like do everyone. You guys want to team up? You guys want to work on stuff? And say, yeah. Last year, even though it was a mess of a year with online schooling, but luckily our psych teacher put all of us in groups, and I saw the benefit. I saw the huge benefits of having people who are not student athletes, and I got a, my grades went up. I did well in the class. I understood everything because I didn't have to focus so much on people who were so committed to either the sport or you know, just, I guess I could take a break and just ask for help. So those are definitely, that's definitely the biggest tip I would give for student athletes. Find a group of people who are not student athletes so that you guys can succeed, you know, with your classes and you can get your mind off the stress of being a student athlete because y'all know it's stressful as hell. It's fun, but it's stressful. Time job. One more thing I want to add is kind of a, I'm going to mix a bit of what Christian was saying and Dejan was saying. One crappy thing about being friends with athletes and especially within the same sport or whatever your competition is there's no matter what they say like your family there's a competitive nature between you and your teammates you're fighting for a position so it can be mentally taxing to the max when you're out here and you're trying to be friends but then sports will get involved and then it's like who's better than who and then you end up getting into you know these constant back and forth arguments over something it's not it's not i don't find it a Mm -hmm. true friendship sometimes yeah. You got to learn how to set, set the sport fully aside, but on that as well, that's kind of a toxic trait that a lot of, I mean, a lot of people do have, but Christian, we're talking about good and bad energy and you like to chase people with good energy. A lot of people that are young, especially people in the first, first year of university end up getting caught up in the crowd of people with bad energy. 
And sometimes it can be a, it's like kind of like an infinite loop. It's like hard to get out of being around this. You, you almost feel trapped around this negative energy and how do you get out of it? Right. And I find like, I, I feel like all of us could agree when you're around people who have good energy or have the same goals as you, as much as people try and pass this off as us, whatever, they're just saying that it is true. When you're around those people, you're going to succeed. Like all of you as a, as a collect group are going to succeed. Now I wanted to ask you guys, I don't know if you guys have been kind of blessed and lucky to just have a, you know, good energy and a good group of friends your whole life. But if you have been around or stuck in that kind of loop of just bad, crappy energy, how did you guys get out of it? Yeah, um, to be honest, it's it kind of just came with uh, just growing up in Scarborough. Just growing up, you, you tend to cross paths with a lot of different people. So you are friends with, with quite the range of people, to be honest. So like, it's just a matter of, of the guidance that I have from my parents, so like my dad and my older brothers, to teach me when, when to step, uh, sidestep certain situations, certain people. Like if you're ever feeling a bad vibe, just just distance yourself from the whole situation. That's that's kind of something that that stuck with me my whole life, pretty much. Um, yeah, same situation. Like you know, like John and I talk about it all the time. You know who's a high and buy and who's worth a conversation, especially growing up out here, right? But um, I'd say a big thing for me is it's not wrong to assess a situation and put it on paper, throw it in your notes. This happened today and this made me feel weird. Put it on paper. Then you might read it back yourself in two days and go, mm, I don't need this situation. I'm going to dismiss myself. No one's saying like, I'm a big fan of, and I'm by no means the biggest journal all day type of person. But sometimes when you put a situation or a feeling on paper and you revisit that, that can really help you dissect. It's like watching game film, right? How can we can do these things to perform um to improve our performance, but we can't do it to improve our mental health and our emotions. So it's literally the same thing. Put it on paper, put it in your notes, make a voice recording. You might think it's corny, but if you're the only one listening to it, it doesn't matter. Play it back to yourself. Say, this happened today. You know what? I don't need that. Let's try this approach today. Man, Jerron, Christian, really appreciate you guys coming on, chopping up with you guys. It's always a pleasure. So now we're getting to a quick hitter segment. So this is the part of the podcast where we have to get the question and then to answer as fast as possible. So Jason, got the questions ready? Ready whenever you are. All right, man. So I'll go. Jerron, you answer every question first, and then Christian, you go second, okay? Yep, no problem. First question, who's your favorite musical artist? Certified lover boy, man. Jersey. Drake. (laughs) The dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a toss-up for Kid Cudi or Mr. 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 Kanye West. Oh, speaking of that, Jason, before you answer the next question, I want you guys to hear Donda or CLB? Ah, it's two different albums. Both, man. We got both, bro. We need both. We need both. For me, Donda was... I can't compare because Donda's composed to to hit you more spiritually and you, you feel it a different kind of way. That's why it clicks with people a different kind of way. Like, it moves people. But if we're talking a rap album, like, barring up with man, like, it has to be like CLB, like Certified Lover Boy. So, yeah, I, I just I found feel the like hype is too much. They're both the two, if not two of the greatest to ever touch a mic. So, then that's, I, I feel like, yeah, it's two different mm-hmm. albums. Like, I can't, there's no Kanye album and Drake album I can compare because they're so different. Goats in their own right, but so different. Like, I can't even really compare the two. That's fair. 
Hey, just saying. And let's see, what is it? Two days? I don't know. Do you guys know who Fabio Foran is? Of course. Story oh, time coming out. I think that's going to be the hardest track of the year, bar none. So okay. be ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Artistic Whoa, song. Right. Whoa. What's that? <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit that. I yeah, like that. Like, that's a woof. Well, hold up. Have you, have you guys heard the snippet, though, for it? We have, we're on it, man. We're, we, 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 we're with you. But to those, talk to the big dogs, though, CLB and Donda, that's a... Fabi does have one of the best verses on Donna, in my opinion. I think but, his, I think mm. Off the Grid's the best song by far on that album. What makes those albums mm. great is literally you ask everybody and everybody will give you a different answer for both albums. Like, I, I've had, we talked about the other day, I, John and I, I've asked a um, hundred different people, CLB, what's your favorite song? I hear <laughs> Same thing with Donna. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, great. They both have great features. I'll say that. I came for the mm-hmm. features solely. All right. So, uh, artist or song you guys have on repeat? Um, Trippy Red, Mr. Rage. Wait, uh, Playboy Cardi. <laughs> my guys. Those are my guys. <laughs> oh, what do I got? I mean, you guys don't even pull the Spotify again. Uh, <laughs> I either got into into the into deep. Yeah, I'm saying into deep or um, no friends in the industry. I'm Drake Salmon. Okay. Uh, next question. All-time favorite album. All-time favorite album. Yeah. Man, that changes month to month. Um, <laughs> I, I can say take care. I'm just going to take care for now, by Jake. I'll play it safe today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are you, Christian? Uh, my beautiful dark Christian fantasy. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. This is our next one. All right. Um, favorite athlete? Kobe Bean Bryant. The late great. RIP. I have Carmelo Anthony or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay, but he's an athlete. He's he was. He's he was. So The Rock, The Rock, then The Rock is my all-time favorite okay. athlete. The Rock is an athlete. I will. Yeah. Uh, I will not accept my, that he's not. Okay. I bet. The Rock is my favorite. Okay. Uh, next question. I like last that. Last show you binge watched? Um, last show I binge watched. Uh, I'm watching Ted Lasso right now. That's my guy. So I'm almost done. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm watching Loki right now, but I just finished Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Okay. If you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, one day, I'm gonna. Oh, Kobe Bryant. I'm gonna I'm go with Kobe Bryant because you know we're gonna we're gonna train all day. He's gonna teach me a lot of basketball moves. He's gonna get me to gym with uh with everyone else. So you know, I get to meet the family. His wife is Italian. We're gonna get some good food after. Everything is just clicking. We're gonna take me in the helicopter to Staples Center. So that... And and don't forget the life lessons will teach you too, and business. Okay. Business tips. Mm-hmm. What you got, Christian? Yep. I'm gonna say Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. I just he's can be problematic, but all time my favorite comedian, but extremely insightful and unapologetic. I appreciate him for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a personal one for me. I already know the answer to this, but I'm gonna ask for the fans anyway, so they can know the answer. Y'all like pineapple on your pizza? 
Extra pineapple, load it up. Double it. Double it up. Run it up. Extra I pineapple. I think it's a scarf thing. Like, has to be. Barbecue based mm. on pine pineapple pizza? Come on. I don't know about that. Nasty. Nasty, man. Yeah. The staple. You'll, you'll never catch me eating Hawaiian pizza. I'll, I'll, I'll gotta, get, gotta get you the McCoys, man. You never know. <laughs> you said what, McCoys? The real McCoys. You guys have one of those? Never heard there? of that. Never heard of that in my life. Right. Next time you're in the city, <laughs> give, give us a call. Please. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Milk before cereal or cereal before milk? That's simple. Cereal. Cereal gotta go first, and then, you know, the milk, the milk comes after, and you watch the cereal rise. Yeah, yeah. man. Hey, yo, cereal first, man. I don't know, Jason. <laughs> you know, your girl, Coach Lee, she sided with me. Finally got milk before cereal. Yep. And microwaves it, too, just like me, so. I've only met three people in my life now that do that. Tejan, Coach Lee, and I don't know if, uh, you guys, actually, yeah, you'd remember. Remember Nick from Bagbe? Mm, oh, yeah, that's my guy. Keep safe. Yeah, yeah. It was always milk first on cereal. He's mm. different. <laughs> uh, next question. What's a song that you'll never forget the lyrics to? Um, whew. Any Drake song, but um, Lil Wayne, a million. <laughs> rap, rap, rap for my butt off. We're going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mania by Kid Cudi. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to change the wording of this one, Tejan. If you guys were deserted on an island, and you were, you were able to pick three things that miraculously were to appear, what would they be? Um, number one, I need my Apple Watch, and I need that. Um, Bluetooth speaker, I need that as well. <laughs> I need definitely my headphones, my laptop, and a notebook. No notebook pen combo. Okay. Mm. Tough. Uh, next question. What's one skill you wish you were good at? Uh, one skill I wish I was good at. I wish I was really good at coding uh, so I can work in tech and do, you know, coding all these computers and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, it's not my brother. My brother's a computer engineer. So, yeah. Yeah, it's lit. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say drawing. Oh. Putting the picture in my head, putting it on paper, whether it's designing for something or just to have good sketches, like I've always wished I could draw. Okay. Uh, okay, you got Okay, you know, Christian's gonna respect this one. Uh, shout out Rick and Morty. Right. Um, so, alternate universe. Okay. Well, it's the same you, same world, same family, same everything, right? But you choose a different path in life. What are you guys doing? Uh, for me, instead of basketball, I'll be playing soccer. I'll be somewhere professional soccer player, having fun, man. That's it. On the pitch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a. I want to be a, a fully faceted musician, man. I want to be able to play instruments, produce, sing, all of that. I want to be a musician. What what genre are you taking? To be honest, I with how my music palette is, I don't even know what to tell you. Very strong hip hop foundation, but the possibilities are endless. Okay. Uh, final question. So, John, I'm asking you first. Top five players in the NBA right now. 
Uh, no order. No order. order. Disclaimer, no order. Okay. Um, We got Giannis. Definitely Giannis. Uh, KD, definitely. Brown, Brown. 100%, that's three. We got Steph. That's four. The fifth spot is very debatable. Um, James. James, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta go to James Harden. A healthy, in shape James Harden is number five. Yeah, not no fat. Like I, like I said, that fifth spot is it's kind of fluid. It can be Jokic as well. Excuse me. Yeah, there's like four guys I'm thinking of. It can be James Harden. It can be Kawhi Leonard. It can be Anthony Davis. Like this. That's mm. on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What? So I, I'm withdrawn for most of this. I have KD, I have LeBron, I have Giannis, I have Steph, and I have Luca, man. Not yet. Not yet. I've top, top ten. I'm just saying, my boy turns up. Like we'll we'll see. Get him. Get him better pieces. Yeah, I did. I still love Chris Stapps, but it wasn't the same Chris Stapps that we wanted. But <laughs> get him better pieces. And and he just he shows up every mm-hmm. we see him playing in the Olympic. Come on now. This man Skip Bass supposed to hear I'm saying, no. oh, he doesn't have a jump shot. Or, oh, I don't believe the hot no, Skip Bass needs to shut up. What what was his numbers for that Slovenian game? Hey, was like, it the semis? 40 the semis the quarterfinal? That's like 40. 48, 48, 12, and yeah. like seven or something like that. Yeah, like a, almost like a 40 point triple yeah. double. Like. He's 22? How old is he? 22? 22. He's 22. He's a year older than me, Jason. Come on. 22. Yeah, come on. I thought he was 2000. Oh, Regardless, under 25, you're a different breed, like so, playing like that guy. So I'm putting Caruso in. Luca. Luca's there. Kurt, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> AC fresh. <laughs> AC fresh. <laughs> no, but Luca's there, so Luca's, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I have Jason. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, 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 that's all the time that we have. All my credibility? Gone after Jane. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> That's all the time that we have. So, Jerron Christian, man, I really enjoyed you guys coming here. It's always fun chopping up with you guys. And I'm sorry you guys have to listen to Jason's crappy basketball tape. <laughs> little Max Kellerman up in here. But thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun. Right. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Happy to be here. Nah, no doubt. Yeah, I hope we we'll see you guys soon, man. <laughs> nah, and by the title of this episode is the midseason finale. So, for people who are, it's a crazy time, good luck with exams. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. See you guys in the new year. Super excited to continue on with this podcast, man. It's been really great so far this season. And I'm looking forward to another, who knows how much more we got, Jason, but we all know second half of the season content's coming. going to be more crazy. But like I said, good luck with exams, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. See you on the new year. But that's a wrap, man. John and Christian, thank y'all for coming on. And peace. Later, y'all.